One God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the popular movie, Meet the Parents, actor Ben Stiller plays the role of Greg Fokker, a man who will be meeting his girlfriend's parents for the first time. The girlfriend's dad, Jack, played by Robert De Niro, gives Greg a lesson on the importance of trustworthiness by teaching him about the circle of trust. The idea is quite simple, actually. Inside the circle are people you trust. Outside the circle are people that you don't. In the words of De Niro, see, if I can't trust you, Greg, then I have no choice to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back. Our scriptures today outline something similar too, albeit with a bit more forgiveness. How many times do we ever read from the book of Leviticus on a Sunday morning? Huh? How many times? Well, you might be surprised, but this is the only time we hear anything from Leviticus on a Sunday morning. If we ever had to read more, you might be so bored at the repetitiveness that you'd tell me that you'd rather nap at home for free. But the book has a purpose at its core, a purpose that we see today. What we see is how God helps Moses create a circle of trust, a framework that teaches how the newly formed people of Israel are supposed to live. The Lord God establishes first and foremost that the people of God are holy people, beloved, blessed, cherished. That's the foundation of how God sees us. Then it goes further to invite the readers to set up a life that shares with those in need, that refrains from harsh judgment, that doesn't hate anyone, that includes everyone, that loves your neighbor as yourselves. That's the framework from the very beginning that God establishes for God's newly freed people. They've escaped slavery in Egypt, and now they're preparing to enter into the promised land. The circle of trust reminds them to whom they belong. But it's clear by the time that we get to today's gospel that the religious establishment in Jesus's day did not see him as anyone who belonged inside the circle of trust. They approached his very presence with such disdain that even the two rivaling groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, continue to conspire against him. He's already sparred with the Sadducees, so today he's being quizzed by a Pharisee who aims to set the record straight with him. The reading plays out as it does, but the struggle in these texts today is a real struggle that we feel practically every day of our lives. We want to be inside God's circle of trust. We want to be beloved, blessed, cherished. Yes, we do. The problem is we don't really trust God. 
There's something about the situation in today's gospel that speaks very clearly to all of us. That speaks very clearly to the way in which our current world works. That no matter how hard we try, we don't always trust that God is capable of giving us everything we need. This is very much why the codes of the law in Leviticus have to be reiterated throughout the Old Testament, throughout the ancient Jewish writings as well, throughout the infinite number of debates and arguments that rabbis have had through the centuries about what it all means. There is something innate to our continual questioning of the motives of God, even though at our core, we believe the words of Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great kindness. It could be said that some of the sharpest debates of peculiar, excuse me, it could be said that some of the sharpest debates of particular forms of Christianity examine a whole host of issues relating to who can be included, who can be in the in crowd, and who God loves the most. These religious groups, through their behavior, continue to show us that they also do not trust God. And as Episcopalians, we look on this and we dismiss it and we kind of think, we don't do these things, but we kind of do. We might hyper-focus on liturgy or on vestments or on some type of church furniture or furnishings or our church's view of public policy or our church governance structures. We all fall victim to this. And let's be honest. It's no fun to dwell in these kinds of headspaces. The lack of trusting God, it's a tough place to be. And it's something that keeps us from experiencing the fullness of God in a way that we're all called to experience. It's that stuff within us that gets in the way of a full relationship with Jesus, with a sense of unity with God and with one another. Our mistrust makes us overthink, makes us second-guess our decisions, makes us question whether God is really giving us what we really need. This whole thing plays out in Scripture so many times. Even Jesus in Luke's Gospel has to ask a pretty significant question. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asked for an egg, would give a scorpion? Jesus continues, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Excuse me for just a second. For some reason, the people of first century Galilee just lived with an elevated sense of mistrust. Their environment was pretty tough, let's be honest. This whole mistrust, though, of the divine was present then, and it was present in the gospel that we read today, and it is present in our world right now. We long to be included in God's expansive circle of trust, the realm that Jesus calls the kingdom of God a place where all are cherished and welcomed and blessed and loved, but 
do we really trust that we'll ever get there? This isn't a new struggle. It's one that continues to be real. This doesn't manifest also, it doesn't manifest solely as a spiritual struggle. The struggle bleeds out into all kinds of parts of our lives and how we live. As David Watson says, perhaps the reason that today we are afraid to risk our property, to dig into savings, to choose less lucrative careers, is that we are really not yielded to God, not really living in the full, unhindered presence of the Spirit. We think God is unable to take care of us. We feel outside of the circle of trust with God because we question if God will really be there when we need the loving presence of God the most. But like so much of what we read, much of our practical remedy for all of this is given to us in our second reading today from the early church, in this case, from the first letter to the Thessalonians, where St. Paul calls out this habit of mistrust, suspecting deceit or impure motives, and instead invites the community to approach life in the world gently, like a nurse caring for her own children. He goes further to express a deep care and concern for people in such a way that not only is he there to teach them what he knows about God, but also to learn from them about their experiences of how much God has loved them. It's an establishment of reciprocity, a circle of sorts, a circle of trust. And so we as the people of Trinity Cathedral who live in an uncertain world, a place where we rejoice at the Diamondbacks entering the World Series and winning the game last night, and at the same time lament the incredible losses of lives, whether local in our community or due to violence in places like Israel and Palestine, we're called in these situations to be like St. Paul and the Thessalonians, to establish a community here that believes in our heart of hearts that we can look out for each other. We can create systems of care and support and encouragement, whether that means supporting others physically, mentally, or spiritually. We can continue broadening our circles to include people from our neighborhood, from local schools, from points all over the city, so that everyone has a place where they find themselves included in this great circle of trust that Jesus calls the kingdom of God. Jesus is trying to establish the truth that God's interactions and God's intentions for us are only good. That we never have any reason to fear because from the beginning of time, God has called us holy, set apart for a purpose, for a mission, for a lifetime of adventure. And God has commissioned us to believe that we can partner with God to accomplish anything that the Spirit of God leads us to accomplish. And many of those things might just change everything for everyone, everywhere. Leviticus helps God's people form a circle of trust. 
Jesus proclaims that this circle of trust, the kingdom of God, is here right now and more expansive than we can imagine. And now, Christ invites us. Now we carry Christ's mission forward to extend the circle, to broaden it, to stop at nothing until everyone is embraced, included, and loved, to demonstrably proclaim that God is truly the one in whom we put all our faith and trust.